You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a message this morning concerning 2020. We have said that 2020 is a year where we are positioned to attract God's favor. If you want to be positioned to attract God's favor, it's all about the grace of God. Grace, the key to be positioned to attract God's favor. God chooses grace rather than works so that no man should boast. Paul says the key is not to worry, but to walk in the Spirit. Whatever you are seeking, whatever you are looking for, whether it is healing from God or deliverance from God or a breakthrough, all those things have been provided by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? A lot of people have a heart to serve God, but as they serve the Lord Jesus Christ, they find themselves under condemnation, guilt, Even starting this year, you might have said, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing this. And you've placed so many laws upon yourself already. Let me see your hand. Have you started with, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And how many of the things that you've decided not to do have you done already? Because the key is not to suppress the flesh, but the key is to walk in the Spirit. When we turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Jesus came to this earth, the Word became flesh. When He manifested and we saw His glory, it was full of grace and truth. Not condemnation, not guilt, but grace. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus was full of grace. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Why is it that John, when he starts talking about the grace of God, he has to mention the law? Because most people believe and they say that we are children of Father Abraham, who the promise was made to. But then we quote Moses, the law. Under the law, the best of us failed. Under grace, the worst of us can be saved. God chooses grace rather than works. Jesus himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. 
to come and declare to you the acceptable year of the Lord. When Jesus came, he didn't say, oh, well, you're in a poor and miserable state. You're just going to have to be there. I'm busy teaching you a lesson. If your heart has been broken, well, that's life. No, he said, if your heart has been broken, I'm here to heal that broken heart. If your heart has been broken by a friendship, maybe a business transaction, whatever, he says, I want to heal your broken heart. If you are bound by sin or addiction or darkness or whatever is keeping you captive, he says, I've come to set you free. That's good news. Whatever you are facing, whatever you are looking for, Jesus died for it on the cross. In my time as a pastor, I've realized that very few people understand grace and very few people understand the law and what Jesus did when he came to this earth. Turn with me in your Bibles to, to Genesis 12. Let's start in the beginning. When God looked at Abraham, he saw something in Abraham that he thought, I'm going to do something with this man. There was something in him. Abraham didn't say, God bless me, God make me great, let all my descendants be. He didn't pray that. He didn't ask for that. God was the one who said it. Genesis 12 verse 1, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is grace. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great. If anybody curses you, I'll sort them out. And in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Turn to the person next to you and say to them, grace is amazing. Grace is God's undeserved favor. It's God's undeserved favor. God decided that he was going to bless Abraham. And then he made a covenant, he made a promise to Abraham. He made the promise to Abraham. He says, I am going to bless you. A matter of fact, the covenant that he actually made with Abraham was with his seed, capital letter S. It was with Jesus. Because if you enter into a covenant and one of the parties does not perform, the covenant does not stand anymore. Both parties has to perform. So God said in his wisdom, I know man will make a mistake. I know they will try and do their best, but they won't be able to succeed. So I'm going to make the covenant with my son, Jesus Christ, because I know he will not sin. I know he will not make a mistake. And he made the covenant with Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, that sounds like good news. when it's dependent upon the person that cannot make a mistake. Romans 10 verse 15 says that if we don't preach the gospel, 
And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. The gospel of peace. He's not saying peace to everybody. He's saying the peace that God gives that he places within your heart. Those that preaches a message of glad tidings of good things. Who of you would like some good news? Let me see your hand. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready for good news. The Bible says the gospel is good news. What have you been preaching to people? What have you been sharing with people? Romans 2 verse 4 says, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. The goodness of God. Most people, when you say God is good, they think, I think God is good to other people, but I'm not sure if he's good to me. You don't know what I've been going through. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Turn to the person next to you and say, rely on God's grace. Tell them again, say, rely on God's grace. For a sinner to know that Jesus Christ is his Savior, somebody has to point them in the right direction. Like Moses pointed Israel in the right direction. Family, listen to me. If sinners are drawn to Jesus, it's because of your behavior. And if sinners are pushed away or driven away from Jesus, it is because of your example. For any person to get saved, if they could get saved, they must know that Jesus loves them and that he died for them. Jesus loves everybody. The Word of God says, For God so loved the world that He gave Jesus. Do you love people? Do you love everybody? Not a lot of quick yes. Let me rephrase it. Has anybody been offended in the past week by anybody? Raise your hand. Now I see a lot of hands. Yes. John starts off by saying, when the Word became flesh, we could see its glory. This glory that comes from God, and it was full of grace and truth. He says, Moses brought the law, but Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. Family, Paul teaches us that we should be under grace and not the law. I'm amazed when I start reading the Bible how many times they talk about grace and law because most people, when they should be under grace, they find themselves under the law. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah 53. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready to reset your faith. Tell them again, say, get ready to reset your faith. Well, I want to remind you that Isaiah was a man that lived under the law. He knew the law. He was a prophet. 
And here God speaks to him in Isaiah 53. He says to him, who has believed our report? He says, I'm going to teach you something different now. And I'm asking you, who will believe this report? Because when the law came, everything was based upon what you did. If you were good and you obeyed the Ten Commandments, you were blessed. And if you broke any of the Ten Commandments, God's presence was not with you, and you went through a difficult, tough time. How many of you, when something goes wrong, or you face a challenge, the first thought that comes to your mind, what did I do wrong to deserve this? Let me see your hand. Turn to that person next to you and say, rely on grace. So Isaiah comes here and he says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord being revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He's saying, listen here, I'm giving you a new report here. There's a root that will grow up out of hard, dry ground. The hard, dry ground is the law. Remember Jesus, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, what did he do? He wrote with his finger in the hard ground. Guilty is what the law says. But what did Jesus show? He demonstrated grace. He says, where's your accusers? I'm not here to condemn you, not to make you feel guilty. He says, this tender plant grew up out of this hard soil. That plant, when it started growing, it had a plumb line next to it. If you look at the trees that we have planted, all of them has got a rod next to them to keep them up straight. That is the law. The law is that line that keeps you straight. He says, Jesus was the tender plant that started growing next to this rod, the law. He didn't break any one of the laws. But he grew up and he fulfilled the law. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The prophet Isaiah is saying, you've lived under the law where it was based upon what you did. Many times when you live under the law, you fall into religion. But Jesus came to restore relationship. Amen? He's saying here, the basis now for answered prayer is no longer what you have done, but what Jesus Christ has done upon the cross. It's not what you have done but what Jesus Christ has done upon the cross. Under the law, the best of us failed. Under grace, the worst of us can be saved. 
when you now pray, you don't look at your situation, you don't look at what you've done wrong, but you look to the cross where the price was paid. Whatever you are looking for, the breakthrough, the healing, the deliverance, Jesus Christ has died for it. Grace is not a reward. Grace is a gift. Turn to the person next to you and say, grace is a gift. Tell them again, say, grace is a gift. Paul goes further in Galatians 13. And he says, I want to under, you to understand how this works. Galatians 3 verse 13, he says that the curse has been absorbed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that the promise that was made to Abraham can be given to all of us. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. Nobody here is holy. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ that died for us, his sin or our sin became his sin, and his righteousness became our righteousness. Let me just go to verse 15. When you go, when you, if you read further on in Galatians, there you'll see Paul continues and he says, The promise that was made to Abraham was 430 years before the law. Because most of us live under the law. God is doing this because I've done that. God has removed all of that. All of that. He said, if the law could do it, there would be no reason for Jesus Christ to come. Turn to the person next to you and say, live under grace, not under the law. Tell them again, say, live under grace, not under the law. This promise that was made to Abraham, he understood something about salvation. Stood something about God said, I'm going to bless you. It doesn't matter what situation or circumstances you are facing. If you go read Genesis 26 verse 1, you'll, you'll see that there was a drought. A matter of fact, the Bible says it's the second drought. Abraham experienced a drought, and now Isaac is experiencing a drought. And God says to him, just don't, don't go just where you want to go. Go to the land that I will show you. Family, listen to me. When you're in covenant with God, it doesn't matter where you stay. What matters is that you've heard God where he has told you to be. Because if you are there where God wants you to be, you'll be blessed automatically. He says in verse 3, I'm going to perform the oath, the promise that I made to your father. That's not based upon what you do, but it's based upon what my son will do for you in the future. I'm going to bless you. If you go to verse 15, 15, 16, it says, And Isaac sowed in that year, and he reaped a hundredfold. He planted in the drought, and he had a hundredfold return. The next verse says, and the man starts to prosper, and he became very prosperous. If you read on, you'll see the people looking from a natural point of view saying, he must be blessed. He's having this harvest because he's got this well. 
let's take the well from you. We want the well. Because if you've got water, you can water your harvest. He says, if you want this, you can do it because my trust is not in the well. The person blessing me is not the water, but the one who gave the water. He says, I'm living in a new realm, a realm of victory in Christ Jesus. God chooses grace rather than work so that no man should boast. Romans 5 verse 1 says is that we've been justified by faith. When we believe what Jesus Christ has done, we've been justified. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus, you have positioned yourself to attract God's favor. Because every blessing that you are seeking, Jesus has died for it on the cross. Romans 8 teaches us that if God did not withhold Jesus from you, the one who is full of grace, the one who is full of truth, is not going to withhold anything from you. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to be under grace. When God is with us, even Moses, Moses, when Moses was heading towards the promised land, he said to God, if your presence does not go with me, I'm not going anywhere. Because he knows if God is with me, wherever I go, whether I face a giant, God will lead me, God will show me what to do. Whether I face a wall of the Red Sea, when God is with me, he will open up those waters. He'll tell me what to do. Joshua, as you go into the promised land, listen to what God is saying. Keep quiet. Don't let the people say anything about these high walls. Have you been facing some high walls? Let me see your hand if you've been facing some high walls. Sometimes when you face high walls, just keep quiet and hear what God says about the situation. He said, keep quiet for seven days. Walk around them the seventh day. Walk around them seven times and then you make a joyful noise. The walls came down. When you walk in God's grace, it doesn't mean you won't face any challenges. But whatever you are facing, God will be helping you. In the old covenant, under the old law, when you regarded iniquity in your heart, God would not hear your prayers. David, when he had sinned, what did he pray in Psalm 51? He says, do not let your spirit depart from me. Because if you make a mistake, God withdraws. To be blessed is to have God's presence. To be cursed is when God's presence is withdrawn from you. The law was all about blessing and cursing. If you're obedient, I'm going to bless you. If you're not obedient, sorry. Come back the end of the year, bring your sacrifice, and we'll press the reset button on you. That's why many people, the beginning of the year, that's why there's hope for guys like me who don't always pronounce the words correctly. What's the first thing that happens when you do something wrong? Your heart immediately condemns you. When you're at work, when you're with friends and they say, will you please pray? Say, no, I cannot pray. Why do you say I cannot pray? You're saying I cannot pray because you're thinking about what you've done. You wake up 
Sunday morning and you say we're going to go to church and we're just going to experience God's presence. And on the way to church, somebody cuts in front of you. Or you were supposed to feed the dogs and you didn't feed the dogs and now they crying when you have to leave and be on time for church. It can be something small that upsets you. That only happens in the pastor's house. Amen. Turn to 1 John 3, verse 19. And by this we know that we are of the truth and, and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandment and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. What is He saying? He's saying, I know that when you want to pray, the enemy is going to try and condemn your heart. He says, but God is greater than your heart, and He knows the truth. The truth is, Jesus died on the cross for all your sins. So if you make a mistake or you have to pray for something, you want to pray for your child to, to be delivered, a, a family member to get saved, he says, don't look at your own situation. Don't look at the person. Look towards the cross where the price was paid. He says, when your heart wants to condemn you, God is greater than your heart. Whatever is condemning your heart, God is greater than that thing. He has died for that thing. He says, when you accept the sacrifice and you're looking at the cross where the price was paid and not at yourself, you'll see faith will rise up on the inside. Family, listen to me. Of all graces, faith honors Christ the most. And of all graces, Christ honors faith the most. So when you are praying, whose report will you believe? When you are praying, whose report will you believe? All the things that you have done wrong, all the things that have come against you, or will you believe the report of the Lord that He died for you, that He was bruised for you, that by His stripes you are healed? He's saying, whose report will you believe? What will you rely upon? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ or your own strengths, your own flesh? Romans 8 verse 1, the Amplified. Look here what Jesus says. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilt of wrong for those who are in Christ. Turn to the person next to you and say, no condemnation. When you are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. You have been justified by faith. What do you have to do? You have to believe. You have to believe. Whose report will you believe? Do you believe that Jesus has died on the cross for everything that you are seeking? Believe that report. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit for the law of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed us from the law of sin and of death. Verse 3, For God has done 
what the law could not do. God has done. Jesus came and he did what the law could not do. It's power being weakened by the flesh. The law will just weaken your flesh. The Bible says when the law came, sin revived and I died. As soon as you put a law there, people want to break it. No child, nobody here wants to touch this pulpit. Nobody. Put a sign up here, do not touch. Then you'll see they'll come. Just say, do not touch. Has anybody had a desire to touch this pulpit? Nobody. Put a do not touch sign here. Put the law here, don't touch. You'll see everybody. I touched it. (laughs) That's the nature of man. Verse 3. Just go back quickly. I want to finish. For God has done what the law could not do. It's power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. God condemned. You don't have to feel condemned because God condemned sin. In the flesh, subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Whose report will you believe? Will you believe the sacrifice that was made by Jesus Christ upon the cross? When you believe that, healing belongs to you, salvation belongs to you, breakthrough belongs to you. It's not based upon what you've done. Under the law, the best of us cannot be saved. But under grace, the worst of us can be saved. Jesus Christ came for everybody to know salvation. God chooses grace rather than works so that no person can boast. Every advancement in your life is because of the grace of God. The gospel that we should preach to people is a gospel of hope that the Spirit of God rested upon Jesus and is now upon us to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to say to you the acceptable year of the Lord. That doesn't mean that all problems are going to disappear, but that means Jesus is with you. And when He is with you, whatever you're facing, you can know His yoke is easy and His burden is light. The easiest way to control people, to make them feel guilty, is to put laws upon them. Family, even when you are busy parenting your children, are you parenting your children with laws or with the grace of God? What I mean by the grace of God, the promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. He was saying Gentiles, those that were not part of the covenant, can now, if they believe, become a part of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes when you believe that he who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, when you believe that, that faith that you have in the complete work sanctifies you, justifies you, that you're in right standing with God. When you are righteous by the grace of God, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means you are holding on to that position that you have in Christ Jesus. 
When you hold on to that position of righteousness in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Not the self-righteous, the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. And God has made a way by this new covenant where he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You might try and run away from him like a Jonah, but God is always there. If you try to go high in the heavens, he's there. If you try to go in the lowest part, he is there. That's the grace of God. When he came to this earth and he manifested his word to become flesh, it was full of grace and truth. Let us not preach any different gospel. People will come and try and put heavy burdens and things on you. God's yoke is easy. God, by his very nature, wants to help you. Nobody here, nobody here was praying for Jesus to come and help you when he died on the cross. He did it when we hated him. He died on the cross when we wanted nothing to do with him. He made that decision and said, I love you. I'm going to die for you. When he came to this earth, he was full of grace and truth, ready to treat us better than what we deserve. That's the grace of God. So if you want to be positioned to attract God's favor in 2020, it's all about the grace of God. Whose report will you believe? Look towards the cross where the price was paid, and you'll see guilt and condemnation will all be removed from you. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.